Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Last year, my son Luke, who is 18, was working at a golf course, and he sent me this picture while he was working. He was out in the middle of the driving range, and the picture was of him and a couple of the other guys working while there were guys on the end of the driving range hitting golf balls right at them. And they were coming really close to my son and the kids that were working with him. They were out there picking up golf balls by hand. And he sends me this picture. Hey, guess where I am? I'm out in the middle of the driving range and these guys are hitting golf balls. And I'm like, why are you doing that? I texted him back. Why? And he texted me back and he said, well, our boss here, the golf pro said that if we don't do this, we're going to lose our jobs. I was about, I don't know, less than 10 minutes away from the golf course at the time. And my car, as I began to get angry and angrier and angrier, my car just began to almost steer itself in the direction of the golf course. I ended up there in the parking lot. I went into the pro shop and I found the nearest guy who looked like a golf pro. He was sitting there with his uh, phone in his hand and I went up to him. I didn't introduce myself. I didn't say anything other than why are you making these boys pick up golf balls while they're getting hit at from guys at the end of the driving range. Well, uh, I haven't seen a guy his age move that fast in a while, but he got up fast and he took off and went to the driving range and shut it down. Sometimes we have to have difficult conversations. We're at the end of this series called Love Like Jesus, and it's been really all about these 59 phrases in the Bible called the one another's, and they say things like love one another, encourage one another, build one another up, and they go on and on talking about what it looks like to be in community with one another, what it looks like to love each other well. And I got to tell you that a lot of these have to do with what it looks like to have difficult conversations. And I believe this, if there's one skill set that we lack and and there's one skill set that we need, it's how to do this, how to have hard conversations. Now, if you think Jesus was just a nice guy, if you think that he didn't ruffle other people's feathers, I just think you got the wrong guy. Like you haven't really looked into who he is because he has so much to say when it comes to how to have difficult conversations and how to work through hard things. Now, I think what he says that I'm going to share today with you is for whether you're a Christian or not. Because Jesus is after this one thing in our lives. He's after relational wholeness. Now, he's after it between us and one another. uh, And he's also after it between us and God. And he constantly gives us something to shoot for. He constantly says, I don't want you to settle for this. I want you to, to aim high because it's so important that you have relational wholeness in your life. But here is the problem. It's hard. We're not perfect. 
We don't get this right very often. And the potential for hard conversations is everywhere. It's endless. It's with my wife. It's with my kids. It's with my neighbors. It's with our staff team. It's with the woman who brings the mail. It's with teachers. If you have teachers in your life, it's with anybody in our life where there is a potential for relationship. And that is kind of depressing. It's kind of discouraging. And no wonder we're so skilled at avoiding conflict. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably kind of tense, maybe even listening to a conversation about how we have these difficult conversations in our lives. Now, let me just point these things out. We have some bad relational habits. I'm just going to own this about myself. I have some bad relational habits. I think you probably do too. One of those relational habits that we have that's bad is this. We avoid. We, we, we avoid. There's something internal in us that when there's conflict, we just don't go there. When there's conflict, there's something inside us that says, don't go there. Stay away from that. You're going to get hurt. It's going to be difficult. You're not going to want to do that. And so we avoid. Another thing that we do is that we're uh, passive aggressive. Let me tell you what that looks like with some examples. Uh, When uh, you don't address why your spouse hurt you, Like the thing that they said that hurt you, maybe they said something that hurt you, and you don't address it, you just intentionally burn their dinner. That's being passive aggressive. When you won't talk to an uncle who offended you, but but you don't attend the family wedding, you just decide I'm not going, that's being passive aggressive. When you get hurt by somebody, and instead of going directly to them, you ghost them, you disappear out of their life, that's being passive aggressive. When you give somebody a backhanded compliment like this, I saw you did the dishes. I was surprised. That is a backhanded compliment. Sometimes we are passive aggressive when it comes to relationships. And I want to invite you today to simply own that about yourself. If that's you, if you connect with any of those little snippets, little those stories, is that you? We avoid, we're passive aggressive. There's a third thing that happens in relationships too that's like a bad habit. And it's that we have the wrong goals. Sometimes we have just the wrong goals when it comes to the confrontation. Often our goal is I'm just, if I'm going to have a, have a confrontation or a, a hard conversation, my goal is to just put them on blast. My goal is to just let them have it. My goal is to let off steam. My goal is to only share what I'm feeling without listening to somebody else. We have the wrong goals often when it comes to relationships, but here's the thing. There's so much on the line When it comes to this, your ability to have a difficult conversation is going to determine so much about your life. It simply is. It's going to determine whether you're going to be able to have true intimacy with other people or not, because it requires being brave. It requires being courageous. It's going to determine whether you're going to be able to be honest with yourself or not, or honest with other people or not. It's going to determine whether you're going to actually be, and I believe this, whether you're going to be an impactful follower of Jesus or not, because that's going to require you to have at times difficult conversations. All of those things hang in the balance, and it's why Jesus talks about this so much. And so there's a place in the Bible I want to take us today. It's a short passage in the book of Matthew, and it's where Jesus deals with confrontation. When somebody hurts you, what are you supposed to do? When somebody hurts you, when somebody uh, does something that, to you that's just wrong, what do you do? And 
it's not for just anyone. This passage isn't, he's actually just talking to uh, other Christians in this passage. Like, hey, inside the church, he's saying, you're going to hurt one another. It's not if you're going to hurt each other. It's, it's when, it's how you're going to hurt one another. And then it's how you handle it after that. He was realistic. He knew we're going to hurt each other. If we live in community together, we're going to hurt one another. But let me say this, even if that's not your specific situation, even if the hurt you're feeling or have maybe caused the pain that you've caused is in a different situation than just uh, for another Christian or in the church. There's so much to learn from Jesus, who was the master of relationships. And we want to move past being able to uh, just avoid or just have uh, passive aggressive behavior. We want to get to the point where we do have the right goals in the relationship and not the wrong ones. And, and so in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is speaking to those of us who've hurt one another or see somebody who hurts us. And he says, he says this, he says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. Let me talk for a minute about the word sin. The word sin, it just seems like a stumbling block for us. For so many of us, it's a, it's, it's, it contains so much baggage. Or for some of us, it just is a word that seems old, like very religious and very uh, irrelevant to our lives. But Jesus brings it up on purpose because he knows that the ultimate result of sin is broken relationship. Broken relationship between us and God. Broken relationship between us and one another. There's a, a Greek word called hamartia. The, the word is hamartia, and it simply means this, missing the mark, missing the mark. The word was actually an archery term, and so when they would have archery competitions, they would pull back the bow and shoot the arrow at the target, and if you didn't hit the bullseye dead center, you know what that was called? It was called hamartia. It was called a sin. It was when you miss the mark. You just miss the mark. And, and I like to think about it that way because it just drops all the other baggage away. It just simply means a sin is when I miss the mark or someone else misses the mark. Now, it can't be brushed aside. It can't be ignored. It has to be resolved for a relationship to continue, for the relationship to become all that it can be, all that God intends it to be. These things can't be ignored. They have to be resolved. And the first thing Jesus says is this, you want to resolve this well? You want to resolve it well? You need to go. Don't wait. Don't let it simmer. That just makes it worse. If someone's missed the mark with, with you, someone's hurt you, you need to go to them. And here's a good signal for you. If it's going to bother you, if you know it's going to bother you, what happened, and you know you're going to begin to resent them secretly, that's your signal to go. That's your signal that it's time to go. But how you go is really important. When someone offends us, like we usually go, but you know who we go to? The wrong person. We normally go to the wrong person. We go to somebody else and we complain. We just say, hey, can you believe what he did to me? Can you believe what she said? Can you believe that? And you know why we do that? We do that to win favor with other people. We do that to make ourselves feel better because it never feels good to go face to face. Hamardia. That, that, that sin, that missing the mark causes so much strife and it never feels good for us to try to resolve it by going, to some, to, by going face to face, but it is the thing that Jesus invites us to. So you know what he says to do? He says you ought to go privately, like first go privately, just you and them. What if you made that in your life a, a discipline? What if that was a discipline that you made? When you get hurt, 
You don't go to someone else. I'm going to, I'm going to try really hard. I'm not going to go to someone else. I'm going to go to the person who hurt me first. I think if you did that, if I did that consistently, that would change my life. That would change your life. I've had people who've done this when I've hurt them. People who've done this for me. Is it fun? No, those conversations are not fun. Is it healthy? Absolutely. Go privately. The second thing that Jesus says in this passage is be direct. To be direct, not only go privately, he says then be direct. He says go and point out their fault. Don't beat around the bush. Be direct, be measured. Don't be over the top. Don't be extra emotional about it. Be really straightforward. Uh, and it's like you know going to somebody and saying that that felt personal. That thing you said in that meeting with all those other people, it felt really personal. I wish you wouldn't talk about my mom that way. That's the kind of directness that we need is to do that. We got to keep it focused on how we felt. I would say this too, check your tone. Check your tone before you go talk to somebody. Is it accusing? Is it accusatory? Is it unnecessarily angry? Are you downplaying it on the other side of things? Are you just downplaying it? Try to step through all those things and be direct. Just put it out there and then you wait. And sometimes that's the hardest part is to not say too much, but to just wait. Go privately, be direct. And then the third thing that he says is this, be clear that your goal is to win them over. This is even before the conversation. Be clear what you're doing when you go into this, this conversation with somebody. The goal is not to put them on blast. It's not to just to get things off your chest. It's not to simply get revenge. Be clear that your goal is to win them over. Be clear with yourself about what your goals are. Is it just to get even? Is it, uh, is it just to get even? Then I would caution you. I would say, wait longer and pray and ask God to change your heart because your goal should be a healthy place in the relationship if that's possible. And I wanna talk for a minute, in a minute, about what happens when that's not possible. But if it's possible, the goal should be to get to a healthier place. And you might just have to wait for a little while until your heart gets right. He goes on in verse 16, he says, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector who were some of the lowest of the low in the community. They were seen as the lowest of the low. Jesus is realistic. He says, don't give up. Don't give up. The goal is still healthy relationship. It just might take a little more effort. And it may be time, he says, to let a few trusted people in, not to gossip, not to just uh, help you feel better about things, but to help, to provide accountability, to provide another set of ears, another set of eyes. The next step, Jesus says, is to let a few trusted people in. Let a few trusted people in. But then, if you're still getting nowhere, don't give up. He says, still, he still don't want you to give up, but you need at that point to bring it to the church. And what he specifically means there is bringing it to spiritual leaders, bringing the issue to spiritual leaders who can exercise their authority and exercise their gifts and exercise their wisdom in this with you so they can walk alongside you and that you're not alone. He says, it's appropriate at this point to bring those people in. But then he says, if that even doesn't work, Treat them as a pagan or a tax collector, the lowest of the low. Two things with that. The first thing is this. Sometimes 
in relationships, when you are hurt, you have to draw boundaries. Sometimes you have to draw healthy boundaries. Forgiveness doesn't always mean complete restoration in the relationship. It might for very healthy reasons in your life be that you have to draw boundaries between you and that person, that you have to draw a line between you and that person. And I really believe this, your inability to do this will continue to hurt you. Sometimes you have to draw boundaries. But the second thing is this, how does Jesus ask us to treat the quote unquote pagans and tax collectors? How did Jesus treat the pagans and tax collectors? You know what he tried to do? He tried to win them. He tried to win them to him. And for us, how, do we, how does Jesus ask us to treat the pagans and tax collectors? He wants us to win them. He wants us to win them back to Jesus. Now, let me summarize some things and stop right here and summarize some things by telling you, here are some things to avoid. Here are some things to avoid when it comes to these conversations. One of the things to avoid is this, avoid saying things like, I'm sorry if you felt like I dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry if you felt like I, that, that's an incredibly condescending way to talk. And what it really says is, I don't really think that I did anything wrong, but I'm sorry if you felt like I did. Don't say that. Avoid saying that. Simply say, I'm sorry if you're the one who's hurt somebody. Another thing to avoid is uh, ghost town, USA. Like, don't ghost people. In other words, don't disappear. Don't just fall off the face of the earth. This happens more times than uh, I, would, I would like to see. And I've seen it happen in my own life where people have just disappeared. They stop responding. Don't be a person who stops responding because it got hard. The third thing is this, making a mountain out of a molehill. Like don't do that. Let's, let's try to keep things in perspective. Often when we let things go, we let it grow and grow and grow until we can't even remember why we got hurt and all we can remember is that we have this, this big pile of feelings that we're walking around with. We got to take things, uh, care of things quickly and not make mountains out of molehills here. So, so let me say this. Here are some ways to handle difficult conversations. One of them is this. Create a safe environment. Just make sure that you're communicating, hey, this is just about you and me, and we're going to be in a place where we're not going to, no one's going to overhear us when we have a conversation, and we're not going to share this with anybody else, and you have my commitment that this is not going to go outside of this unless we can't come to a resolution. Create a safe environment. Another way to handle a difficult conversation is, like we said, be direct. Be direct. Don't overstate it, but also don't understate it. And then a third thing, begin with the end in mind. Decide that your goal is honesty and reconciliation, if possible. Your goal is is that you're going to share what you want to say. And also the goal, though, is, hey, my goal is, if as much as it depends on me, I want to get to a healthy place in this relationship. Begin with the end in mind. And then a fourth thing is this, when it comes to how to handle difficult conversations, decide ahead of time what you're not going to say. There's some lines that I'm not going to cross. I'm not going to let it get overly personal. I'm not going to go into that other area. I'm not going to let it get bigger than what it is. There's some lines I'm just not going to cross. The bottom line is this. If you want to love people well, you got to go there. If you want to love people well, you got to go 
there, you gotta be willing to have the difficult conversation because it honors them and it honors you and it honors your relationship and it honors God. Jesus was so adamant about this because he knew that a reflection of our heavenly relationship with God is found in our relationships with one another. And if our relationship with God is broken, it makes our relationships here that much harder. Thankfully, he made a way for us back to God. He made a way for us back to God. Did you know that there was a conflict between you and God? The Bible says that without Christ, we're enemies of God. We've missed the mark and broken our relationship with him. But he didn't leave us there to die. Jesus came to rebuild it. And he had the most intense confrontation that ever could have happened on the cross. And he died but he came back to life. And when he did, he repaired that relationship between us and him so that all who say yes to his offer of relationship restoration will be healed. All who say yes to that will be healed. And that's the step that you can take today, saying yes to Jesus in a whole relationship with God. If you're ready to do that today, would you pray with me. God, I recognize today that I have done some things to break my relationship with you. And right now I am saying yes to your offer of relational wholeness. Yes to your offer that you gave us on the cross and through the empty tomb. Yes of your offer of stepping into life from death. And as I say, yes, God, what you say is that I will repair our broken relationship and I did it on the cross. I did that on the cross that Jesus came and died for our sin and he died for me so that I can live with you. So today, Lord, I'm saying yes to a relationship with you. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.